0: we're going to look at this morning, and I want to, uh, if you recall, we were in 1 Thessalonians 5 last week, and we looked down from verse 1 down through verse number 11, and uh, we preached on about the day of the Lord, and how that uh, the Lord was going to have His day, and uh, I want to remind you this morning, there is coming a day when the Lord is going to have His day. And uh, I believe it's sooner now than when we first believed. And uh, we talked about how that there was the, the revelation of that. How that it's not going to happen. It's not that it maybe will come to pass. But there is going to come a day where the surety and with certainty... Uh, that the Lord is going to have His day. And we talked about how that there was the preparation uh, for that day and how uh, that we need to be prepared uh, not for that day in the sense that we're going to go through it, uh, but but being prepared because we know uh, that if that day is close, soon to be here, we know the first event that must happen is the rapture of the church. And we realize that the rapture of the church is very nigh. I believe it's even nigher uh, than what we even think that it is that we're going to check up out of here. And then we talked about not only about the the revelation of it and the preparation for it, but we talked about the consolation of it, how that we could draw comfort for that. And how you remember how we talked about what was the comforting thing about the day of the Lord? Well, it was comforting to the fact of where we were going to be at when that took place. I'm glad we're going to be at we're going to be in heaven. Amen. And I'm glad we're not going to be here, because He's not appointed us under wrath, but under salvation. I don't know about y'all, but I ain't one minute upset about the fact that I'm not going through one minute of the tribulation period. Amen? If I haven't told you lately, I want to tell you again, I'm not going to be here, but thank God we're checking up out of here, us that are saved. And I praise the Lord for that. But now as we go further in this chapter, and this is where the Lord is... Drew my heart to. In verses 12 down through verse number 15 of chapter number 5. Verse 12 through verse 15. This is what the Bible says. And he says, And we beseech you, brethren, know them which labor among you, and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their works sake. And be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men, and see that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men." Let's go, Lord, in a word of prayer. Pray with us and for us this morning, if you would. Our Heavenly Father, in the precious name, which is above every name, at the name of the Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning. Father, thank you. Once again, Lord, for allowing us to be here in your house. Father, I personally want to thank you for one more time uh, to be able to stand behind this holy, sacred desk. I ask you, Heavenly Father, that you'd help me this morning. I pray, Father, you'd give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech. Touch me, I need a fresh touch. I pray, Lord, that you'd give me, Lord, a remembrance, Father, of what you showed me in my studies. Lord, help me, Father, to be able to uh, declare what you've laid upon my heart this morning. I stand at a place, Father, where I do not want to stand alone. I'd rather sit down, Lord. Lord, and I would to stand uh, behind this pulpit and not have you. And Lord, I pray, God, that you touch each listener. I pray, Lord, may the Word of God go forth in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord, God, you help us this morning. May we draw strength. May we draw encouragement. May we get uh, rebuked in the areas where we need to be rebuked. And Lord God, may we be exhorted in the areas where we need to be exhorted. Help us, Father, and we'll give you the glory now for what you do. And in your, in your Son's name we ask these things. Amen and amen. In these uh, four verses that we looked at this morning, there are two words, they're both the same word, but they're mentioned two different times in this text that caught my attention. In verse number 12, I want you to notice where the Bible says, And we beseech you, brethren. Brethren, that word brethren caught my attention. It's mentioned in verse number 12 where it says brethren, but it's also mentioned in verse 14 where it says, Now we exhort you, brethren. Brethren. And that word brethren there, it simply means uh, to come from the same womb. Now, if my brother was here, I could look at you and I could tell you uh, that he was my brother because we came from the same womb. But when we look in the Bible and what the Bible talks about here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, when he mentions uh, that word brethren, he is not talking necessarily about the physical family, but rather he is talking about the spiritual family. When you look at the word brethren, it was one of Paul's favorite. Names for believers. If he used it at least 60 times in his letters. And in just alone in the book of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians he used the word brethren 27 times. And so it was a word that he used uh, many times. It was a word uh, where he would uh, describe uh, the born again believers. He would describe those that had the Spirit of God. He would use it as a word that were those that possessed God's nature. And can I say to you this morning if we're saved, if you're saved washed in the blood of the lamb, that's the only way uh, that you can be saved. Somebody say amen. If you're saved, thank God we may not be of the same earthly family, but if you're saved just like I am, we are a part of the same spiritual family. We know, speaking naturally, my last name is Cannon. And we've got a handful of Cannons in here, not as many as we do Halsey's. I think about, we go around the room and we can think about the different names. And, and though we're not physically of the same family, but thank God we are, that are saved, are a part of the family of God. And in these few verses we've read this morning, Paul, I believe, is talking about some things that goes on in the family. And as I looked at this, this is the thought the Lord gave me on this thought, and this is what I want to preach on, on it's all in the family. It's all in the family. I believe Paul emphasizes three different things within these four verses that I believe we can find in every family that's in the family of God. There's only one family, right? There's not a family of God over here. There's not a family of God over there. But if you're saved, we're all a part of the same family. And so when we look at this, this word brethren, I want to show you three different things about it's all in the family. I believe you'd agree with me this morning that every family, physically speaking, every family has different types of people. In every family, there's those that's got problems. Some got more than others. Amen? Y'all help me this morning. Some got more problems than others. We all would agree with this. And I know most, y- a lot of y'all are family. So y'all just going to have to maybe say amen lightly this morning when I say this. But we know there's those family members that you like to see coming. And unfortunately, there's those family members that you like to see go. Y'all with me? And there's those that are an encouragement to you. And unfortunately, there's those that ain't so much. There are those that has the, the gift of bringing cheer into the room. But then there's those that's got the gift of, well, bringing everybody down. Amen? There are those that knows how to bring the family together. But then there's those, unfortunately, that knows how to draw a wedge between the family. And I found that that is so in the physical family. I also have found that it is true in the spiritual family. For I find that in, yes, the physical family, everybody, though they may be of the same blood, have different personalities about them. I have found in my family some like different things than others do. Some like to hunt, some like to fish, some like to do both, some don't like to do either one. I have found that many have different uh, things, different types of food, different types of things. And let me say this, though we're in the same family, physically speaking, we're all different. And I've found that that's true in the spiritual family. Can I say that though we're from the same womb, spiritually speaking, we're washed in the same blood? If you're saved, you got the same royal blood flowing through your veins as I do, as a child of God. But every one of us are different. We know another word for the family of God is the body of God, body, the body of Christ. And we know every different one of us has different gifts. Every one of us makes up the different parts of the body. Some of us might be the right arm. Some of us might be the left little small toenail. But every one of us are a part of the body of Christ. We're all a part of the family of God. And I have found with these three different types of traits, these three different types of things, I have found that they're in the physical family. But I have found they're even in the spiritual family. The first thing I want to mention this morning... It's what's found in verse number 12 and 13 about that it's all in the family. First of all, I want you to notice, in the family, there's honor. In the family, there's honor. Look what verse 12 says. It says, And we beseech you, brethren, know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord. And admonish you. Look at verse 13. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Y'all see that? For their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. You say, where in those two verses do you see the word honor? Where the Bible says, esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. See, in the family, the family of God... We realize that though every church may be uh, different in certain areas, but we would agree every church has a God-ordained leadership. Sure. Amen. Let me remind you this morning. We always talk about it like this. Something that has two heads is a monster, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you also agree with me that if it doesn't have any head, it's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we do have a head... And it's not the Pope. Somebody say, "Amen." We do have the head of the church, and it's not Paul Cannon, nor is it anybody else. We have a head, and you know who that head is? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the head of the church. But we do understand, though God being the uh, the Lord Jesus being the head of the church, we do understand. And when we read the Pauline epistles, we do find that there is church leadership within the church doctrine. We understand that there are those that hold a role of leadership in the church. Now, I will say this this morning, that these verses, I, it's very uncomfortable for a pastor to have to preach on, but we do find it in the text. Now, I remember my pastor told me one time about when we come to certain texts like this in the Bible. He said, son, I know it's uncomfortable for you to preach. He said, but you still need to preach it when the Lord leads you to it, because number one, we're to preach the whole counsel of God. We've got to preach those things that make us comfortable. Well, unfortunately, we've got to preach those things that make us uncomfortable. Yeah. But here's the key. Y'all would agree with me. If Brother Wayne was here, I know he would. There was a time Brother Wayne pastored this church for 28-something years. I mean, 20 around 28 years. Yeah. And some of you believed he was always going to be your pastor. Right? right? And that's the way you want to fail. Yeah. Yeah. 28 years. But you know what you found out? There come a time when the Lord... Led Brother Wayne to stop being the pastor of this church. You know what happened? Lord sent me here. Right? And this is what my pastor told me to help me. He said, Son, you're not. He said, no matter how good the church is, no matter how much you enjoy it, no matter how long do you want to live there. He said, one day the Lord's gonna either move you out in death, or he's gonna move you out for something else. And there's gonna be another pastor that's gonna come. And he said, So don't look at it as so much as you preaching it for them to you. But rather preach to them because first of all, it's in the Bible. But second of all, looking at, hey, if this church is always going to be a biblical church, it's always going to have a pastor. But but, but let's say like this, that leadership just doesn't go to the pastor. But we know there's other areas of leadership in the church. We've got deacons, amen. We've, we can talk about we've got Sunday school teachers who are the leader of that Sunday school class. We've got those who work in youth ministry. You know what they are? They're the leaders of that ministry that God has put them over. We've got leadership all in the church. And can I just say it like this this morning? In every family, there's leadership. We understand there's a God-ordained leadership within the home. We know that the husband is the head of the home like this. I know it ain't politically correct. I know the feminist movement don't like it. I don't really care what Nancy Pelosi, Hillary Clinton, or any of that crowd's got to say about it. I ain't getting my theology from them. I'm getting it from the Word of God. And we find out that the man is to be the head of the home and the woman is to be the heart of the home. The woman, though she's not second class... She's not the doormat for him to walk on. She's not a trash can for him, to, or a dirty clothes basket for him to throw his dirty laundry on. No. But he, she's to be the supporter. She's to be the heart of the home. She's to be the one that supports and follows her husband. Now I understand every home unfortunately is not like that. I understand there's some men that are not saved. There are some men that are not spiritual. And you know what would happen? That woman will have to take that spiritual loan upon herself. Now I understand that's an uncomfortable thing. But we do know how God set it up. God set it up to where the man is to be the leader of the home. I had one woman tell me one time, she said, "She Brother said, Paul, she said, the husband might be the head, but the woman's the neck. And the head can't turn without the neck. We find that to be true, ain't it? Amen? But we know God's got an ordained role in the home. And just like in every family, it's also in the church. Look what when I think about the honor in the family, I notice this, how are the ways to honor? First of all, I notice this, honor with familiarity. He says, to know them. Y'all see that? To know them. Which labor among you? To know them. You know what that word, to know them, it doesn't mean, it doesn't speak of you uh, being their BFF. Come on, it doesn't speak of you knowing every single little thing about them. What they like, what they dislike. That's not what it's talking about. But to know them means to understand their role of leadership in your life. Amen. other words, Brother Barry, it means this right here. It's to know that Lord has called Brother Paul Cannon to be the pastor of Mount Perrin Baptist right. Church. Right. Can I just say this? There's people that don't really know that. Right. There's people that may not even like that. I hope y'all do. I'm talking about people somebody here. Amen. I hope y'all do. But there's those that don't know that and don't like that. There's those that when we think about the leadership within the church, they say, well, I know, but you can know and not really know. What do you mean? Know speaks of, of that intimate level. That part of speaking of knowing. It speaks of the fact that you realize that role of leadership that God has placed in their life for you. You know something we don't like. You ready for this? And this generation certainly don't like it. It's a part where it says "over you." You know what this generation? You know what this generation says? Ain't nobody over me. The police ain't over me. And we see how that's turning out. Mom and dads have made it to where their kids go to school and they that treated them to like where the teacher's not even over them. And all the school teachers said amen. Yeah. We're raising a generation where they don't feel like nobody's over them. But you know what that Bible says? To know them that are over you. No matter where you go in life, there's always going to be somebody that's over you. When you work that job, there's a supervisor that's over you. When you work that job, you may be the supervisor, but that job still has a boss. And you know what I found out? That boss is over you. When you go to school, you've got a teacher. You may be a teacher of that school. You know who's over you? It's the principal. you have always going to have people that are over you. It's leadership. And it's truly within the church. Those that are over you. I didn't ask for that. I tell people, I didn't sign up for this. I got drafted. (laughs) Amen. But the Bible does say, the one that uh, that, uh, desires the office of the bishop, he desires a good thing. I I, I didn't like it, but you know what? The Lord Jesus put that like in me. Amen. But over. Leadership. Over. I I didn't write it. That's what the Bible says. You're to be familiar with them. Let me ask you this this morning. You ought to be familiar with the leadership of Mount Paran Baptist Church. I'm not talking about knowing what their favorite food is. Even though that is a plus. Somebody say, all, all leadership said amen. Amen, that is a plus. I certainly don't want you to make something I don't like. Amen. Bless you. But it means to know. And who ought to agree with me, when you truly spiritually know that, there also will be that reverence and respect that will come from that. The familiarity of the honor. How about this? We find that there is the favor in this honor. Listen, we said esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. That word esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake means to consider, means to count, to think on, means the leadership, treat the leadership with respect and appreciation. You know the reason why I believe the Lord led me to have this church to honor Brother Wayne? We're esteeming very highly right. in the Lord for for his sake. Y'all would agree with me? Twenty eight years, Brother Lane labored in this church. Right. You know what I feel like? We're esteem him very highly in the Lord. That don't mean God's done with him, but we're still to pay reverence and respect to him. I believe it's a good. I believe it's a good thing for Mount Paran Baptist Church to still show a preacher that's been here for twenty eight years love and respect. Right. One thing I can testify to anybody that asks me, Mount Paran Baptist Church has been good to my family. Amen. I'm not up here this morning bashing anybody. Y'all have been good to me. Y'all have gone above and beyond, been the blessing to my family, and I think and I thank God for each and every one of you. But let me just say that there ever comes a time that when God calls me off the scene, I pray that day never happens. But if that does come and God does raise up another preacher here, don't just stop it with me. You didn't stop it with Brother Wayne, but treat the same pastor that comes on behind me with love and respect and appreciation. Why? Because it's that God-given role of authority that He's put in, their, in your life. Favor. How about this? Forbearance. Paul said this, he said, and be at peace among yourselves. Now this one right here is a little is a little tricky. When I was reading that, be at peace among yourselves. When I was studying this, this is how the Lord, when I was looking at it, apparently there was those inside this church, and every church has got these. It says it like this. You ready for it? Now, if I was the pastor, I would have done it that way. <laughs> <laughs> if I was a deacon, I certainly would have done it that way. You know what Paul was saying? Be at peace among yourselves. Other words, who ought to in life just because you're it don't mean you need to say it. You know what I've learned about sheep? Because that's what the Bible refers to us as. As sheep. You know what i found out? One, sh- one can be alarmed, and it'll cause other problems within the sheep. One sheep will have a problem and they'll get Lord. you know what the other sheep will do? They'll start. And all of a sudden there'll be a division within the flock. Yeah. You know what I've found? And I ain't always been a pastor. Well, I've, seen, I've, seen I've been a church member more than I, I'm still a church member. But I, 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 I've been on the pew more than I've been behind a pulpit at this point in my ministry. And the Lord had a pastor of mine. Lord had leadership in my life. You know what I always, my daddy, put in me? Son, pray about it before you ever talk about it. Yeah. Well, I, I want you to say this. One thing that will cause division within this church, and I don't, I don't sense this this morning, but it is preventive maintenance, is if you've got a problem with leadership, the best thing you can do is go to the Lord about it first. Yeah. You don't need to call somebody on the phone and say, hey, what's your thoughts about that? I don't really like that. You know what you're doing? You're causing division. You know what you're doing? You're questioning the authority that God has placed in your life. And you know what you're doing? You listen, I have found this, that an older person who ought to know better will call a younger convert and will spread that garbage over to them. And you know what will happen? It will cause them to lose respect for the authority that's in that church. You know, there's people that I have found that will never respect their pastor like they should because of what somebody else told them that wasn't the true. Amen. Let me say this. The best thing we can do, there will be times, listen, 40 years from now, when the Lord still allow me to be a pastor of this church, some of you won't be here, some of you still will be here. You know what you're going to find out? You know what you're going to find out? And you can testify to the leadership that's been here for however many years. There's going to be decisions at times that are going to be made. It's going to leave you scratching your head saying, I don't think I would have done it that way. But you know what you need to do? Instead of going around spreading it around the church, causing division, get down on your knees and say, Lord, if they're the ones that's wrong, Lord, you fix them. But God, if I'm the one that's wrong, Lord, fix me. You know what I've found during this pandemic? You know what i found? I've talked to pastors. You know what I've found? I've talked to those of live. You know what i found? They said this has caused more division within their church than anything else. You know why? Because you got half the church that's ready to go back to business as usual. Ready to start everything back up. And then there's the other half. They're saying, we need to wait. We need to be this. We need to be that. You know where the pastor and leadership of the church is? Well, I see their side. I understand where they're coming from He's ready to go back. But then there's the other side over here who said, I understand. What if somebody gets sick and it spreads within the church and it causes a whole lot of problems? And you know what happens? The leadership of the church is tugged to and fro. And you know what I've realized? You can't make everybody happy. Bless you. And pastors are and leadership of the church are about to pull their hair out trying to satisfy everybody. You know what? It was a good day in my life and I realized I can't satisfy you. <laughs> No, listen, God didn't call me here to satisfy you. God called me here because it was His perfect will. And at the end of the day, if I don't satisfy you, but I satisfy God, that's all that matters. Because at that judgment seat, listen, at that judgment seat, it's not going to be the disgruntled members saying, well done, thou good and faithful servant. No, but rather it's going to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's who I'm in this to please. But a pastor is to be tender toward the needs of the church. We called off service a few Wednesday nights ago out of caution. I believe we did the right thing. We're living in some strange days. But you know what? I found that there's going to be those, oh, I'm glad he did that. And there's going to be, i glad the church did that. And there's going to be those that's going to say, I don't think we should have done that. You know what? You ready for this? Both are probably right. (laughs) And again, both may be wrong. But I have learned this. I want to live my life to where I don't have to go back to anybody and tell them I'm sorry. And if I err, I want to err on the side of caution. One man said like this about carrying a gun. They told him one time, they said, you know, you you don't need to carry that gun. You're not going to need it. He said, "I'd rather have it and not need it, than need it and not have it. I'd rather be careful and not have needed to, do than have needed to and not been." Well, Y'all with me this morning? Amen. That's but that's the honor. So, other words, you ready for this? Here's how we're gonna say it in Fruithurst, Alabama language: Keep it to yourself. <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion. You ready for this? It, and opinions are like armpits. Amen. Somebody's always stinks. We good? Amen. There's honor within the family. But how about this? You didn't like that one, you certainly ain't gonna like this one. There's honor in the family, but I found out this. Y'all would agree with me in every family there's hindrances. Listen to what the Bible says. See if you spot them out, the hindrances in this text. Verse number 13 or verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren. Warn them that are unruly. There's one. They're unruly. Comfort the... Here's number two. The feeble-minded. Here's number three. Support the weak. Here's the other ones. Be patient toward all men. For him to say, be patient, that would mean that there was some there that wasn't being patient. Alright? Look at verse 15. See that none render evil... For evil. So I find within this, there's hindrances in every family. There's hindrances in the physical family. Unfortunately, there's hindrances in the spiritual family. I have found this. There are hindrances within the body of Christ. He ain't talking about lost people. He's talking about saved people. And every single one of us, listen now, every single one of us has the capability to be these hindrances that this verse is talking about right here. First of all, he talks about these hindrances. When he mentions that word unruly, it's those who ramble out of step. I looked that word up unruly. Brother Don, you'll like this one. I looked that word up unruly. You know what I mean? It's a military term. You ready for this? It's those who get out of rank. It's those that get out of step. It's those that get out of line and want to do things their way. He says those that are unruly. Ruly, out of step, out of line. Paul tells him that, listen, in every family, there are going to be those that are going to get out of step. There are going to be those that are going to get out under the perfect will of God. Oh, God. Hear me and hear me well this morning. You might be in that category that you're a part of this family. But listen, every family has those that at beca- times can become unruly. Other words, they do it like this. I know what the Bible says, but this is how I'm going to do it. Amen. Yeah. You know what happens? They become unruly. Preacher, I know that's what the Bible says, but I ain't doing that. This is how I see it, and this is how I'm going to do it. You know what happens? They become unruly. The Bible says, thou shalt not. You know what they say? Well, I know it says thou shalt not, but I'm going to do it. Because this is how I see it. I just say to you, we're not, listen now, we're not to read that Bible to look to justify what we do. But rather we are to read that Bible to use it as listen, as a guideline to live our Bible. That Bible is not a book of suggestions. That Bible is a book of commands. And if it says thou shalt not, we ought not do it. And if it says thou shalt, we ought to do it. And let me say there are those that in every family that will rumble out of step. They'll get out of the will of God. You know what they'll do? They'll be a hindrance to the church. Probably somebody's popping in your mind right now that you can remember a time when they were falling in line. They were doing everything that God was telling them to do. But somewhere along their line, they got to thinking, this is how I want to do it. This is how I want to be. You know how many marriages have you seen where God would put somebody in their line, and they'd say, this is the one I want you to marry. But they'd say something like this, I don't want to marry them. I want to marry her. I want to marry him. And you know what would happen? They'll marry them and find out they got what they wanted, but they didn't want what they got. Amen? There are people that will justify their sin when the Bible says it's wrong because it makes them feel good. I don't care how it makes you feel. If the Bible says it's sin, it's still sin. And can I say the book of Hebrews 11 says this, There's pleasure in sin, But for a season. Sin will make your flesh feel good. Sin will make you feel good. For a while. But then there will come a day where you are going to reap what you sow because God will not be mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We are living in a culture where they say this. If it feels good, do it. Y'all hear me this morning? Some of you look kind of pale. If it feels good, do it. I want to say I don't want Mount Paran Baptist Church to be that way. This ain't a Burger King church. Now hear me? This ain't a Burger King church. Y'all ever heard that? Burger King commercial. Have it your way? This ain't a Burger King church. Amen? I like to call this a Wendy's church. Hot and juicy. But do what makes you feel good. Watch If it feels good, do it. I want to say this. Adultery may feel good, but it's still wrong, and it's still wicked. Fornication may feel good, but it's still wrong, and it's still wicked. Being drunk may feel good, but it's still wrong, and it's still wicked. Lying may feel good, but it's still wrong, and it's still wicked. You spreading gossip may feel good, but it's still wrong, and it's still wicked. Sin may feel good to the flesh, but it's still wrong. Every family has those that are unruly. They don't want to follow in line. I tell you this morning, you can get out of step. And when you get out of step, you know what you're going to find? You're going to cause yourself a lot of heartaches, a lot of consequences. You're better to stay in line. And never get out of line. And stay in the perfect will of God. Is there anybody in the house this morning that can testify? I'm thankful I'm married in the will of God. I'm thankful I'm living in the will of God. I'm thankful I'm doing the will of God. I want to say there's nothing better on this earth to know that when I lay my head on my pillow at night that I'm in the perfect will of God. I'm glad God let me marry who He wanted me to marry. I'm glad God let me do what He wanted me to do. I'm glad God let me be where He wanted me to be. I'm glad God let me have the children that He wanted me to have. I wanted you to hear me and hear me well. I thank God this morning for being able to be in the will of God. I'm glad I don't have to be out of His will. If you're out of this will this morning, I got good news. You can get back in His will. Somebody, I ought to get a better amen than that. If you're out of God's will this morning, I got good news. You can get back in His will. There's going to be those that are going to become unruly. How about this? There's going to be those that are feeble-minded. He said this, there are those that ramble out of step, but there's those are going to be retreat out of sight. Uh-oh. You know what that word feeble-minded means? It speaks of being discouraged. It speaks of those being despondent. Those who are tempted to quit and to go back out of the picture. You know what I have found? Every family has those... It seems like every time you turn around, they're ready to quit. Sure. Now, with me this morning? <laughs> In other words, there's those that, that nothing ever seems to go their way. Yeah, right. I kind of got that Eeyore syndrome. John. Y'all know Eeyore? Mm-hmm. Oh, I just don't know about this, don't know about <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Come on now. You don't know about when you see him coming, up, oh, Lord. Lord Jesus, help me, Father. I don't know if I can deal with him today. I mean, you know, you know, you're talking about man. I got me a new dog, and boy, I love my dog. And I say I got a dog. that got killed. You know what I mean? They're, they're always the one to drag everybody down. They're always the ones that seem like they're ready to quit. Every church has got them. Feeble-minded. Looked it up at it. And the source says also could be used as faint-hearted. Those who, like, every time you turn around, they're ready to quit. There's also those this morning who are, the Bible says, that are weak. They're not those necessarily that ramble out of step. They're not those that retreat out of sight, but they're those that run out of strength. The word weak there, it appears that they run out of energy, begin to act spiritually anemic, start to stumble in their journey. Other words, they start out on fire for God. Let's go. I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's win. Let's win the whole world. In a few months, you find them there. Oh, man. I didn't know what I was signing up for. I mean, whoo. My goodness. I mean, I was excited when the Lord led me to teach that Sunday school class. But now, my goodness, since I found out how much I've got to study, I ain't really interested in doing it. are those that become weak. How about this? Y'all, y'all may not can relate to these first three, but you definitely can relate to this because I know I can. He said, be patient toward all men. There's those that ramble out of step. There's those that retreat out of sight. There's those that run out of strength. But those that react out of stress. I said it just like this. He would not have said be patient to all men if everybody had been being patient to all men. You ever heard those say don't pray for patience? Let me say this. If you don't have a problem with patience, you don't have kids. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to tread real easy right here you ain't got a problem with patience, then you ain't never been married. <laughs> Andy Griffith said it right. You're always going to be waiting on a woman. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, man. <laughs> Anybody have a problem with patience? Patience is a virtue. Sure, sir. Hey, man. Patience. There's going to be those that are going to be those that's going to react out of stress. You know what I have found? Listen to me. Everybody has a bad day. Everybody has a bad day, but you know what I have learned? If we ain't careful in those bad days. We can act in such a way that it could follow us the rest of our life. I had a car. I was coming down the road the other day. I looked in my rearview mirror and I saw a car come flying in behind me. I thought they were been running. The back of them, and all of a sudden there was a car in the other lane and they swung and almost hit that car. and almost hit my tail end, knowing what would have happened with it raining, I probably would have spun sideways and got hit by another car. You know what happened? You ready for this? I'm about, about telling myself. I pushed my I pushed my horn. Y'all with me? I hit my horn. Yeah. I got mad. You know what I wanted to do? You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to react out of stress. Well, Amen. But you know what I found? A lot of people have gotten themselves in trouble because they acted spontaneous. He said there's those that are going to react. You know what I found in church? You're going to have people that are stressed out that they're going to react out of stress. How about this? There's those that's going to retaliate out of spite. He said, see that none render evil for evil. You know, what that, you know what that mentality is? Every church has got it like this. An eye for an eye and a two for a two. You know what? It is? They always take that verse and they say, "Well, Bible says turn the other cheek." They go, "I like to turn their other cheek." Amen. <laughs> they do you wrong. You know what you want to do? You want to do them wrong. It's in our flesh. We want to render evil for evil. Yeah. Paul said, "Don't render evil for evil." Mm-hmm. There's those that's going to retaliate out of spite. Yeah. I ain't talking about in the world. No. I'm talking about that's right something. here at Mount Perry Baptist Church. Right. You know what they do? Can I just say it like this? In Mount Perry Baptist Church, I think best church on the face of this earth. You know something though? We all got problems. You know what I found out? There's going to be days. I don't want to. I don't mean to. But I'm still in this body of flesh. And you know what? I'm going to let you down. If you're looking for me to be perfect, there's going to be days I'm going to hurt you. I ain't going to mean to. I'm not going to mean to. It's not my intentions to, but I'm human. I may hurt you. You know what it's real easy to do when somebody's hurt me? I'm going to get them back. Right. You wait until I get my perfect opportunity. I'll get them back. Amen. I'll get them back. Go ahead and just adjust your spiritual halo. Amen. All the only reason why it's holding it up because them horns. Right, it's on top of them horns. Amen. Every one of us want to do that. We want to get even. It's in our DNA. We want to get back at them. Bless God, I'll show them. Right. You wait till I get home and get on my Facebook. I'm gonna let the whole world know how they treated me. Paul said, don't be do that way. But here we go. In every church there's honor, every church there's hindrances. But you know what I found out? In every church there's help. You realize what every problem that Paul brought up in the same exact verse he taught how to deal with it. I'm glad this Bible lets us know the flaws of man. But I'm glad this Bible also let us know how to get them flaws right. You know what he said about the unruly? Ain't you glad that every church has got... Listen, every church is going to have those that are going to cause problems. But I'm glad every church has those that can be a help. Are you interested in being a help this morning? Well, how do we help the unruly? You ready for this? How do we help the unruly? Look what the Bible says. Verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren... Warn them that are unruly. How do you deal with the unruly? It's right there in that same little phrase. Tell me. Warn. Say it louder. Warn. warn. Y'all see that? We are to warn them. No, I looked that word up. You know what it means? It means to confront them. When you see somebody that's getting out of line, you know what you need to do? You ready for it? You need to confront them. Come on now. That's the Bible. That's King James Bible right there. Amen. Amen. You're to confront them. Doesn't mean be ugly to them. No, no. But that's for you to pull them to the side. Brother Donnie, if you see me becoming unruly, yes. you know what that Bible tells you to do? Pull me to the side. Say, Brother Paul, son, I ain't doing this to hurt you. I am doing this to help you. No. But you, you nice. like to get out of step there, I ain't doing this to hurt you. I'm doing this to help you. Sometimes we say it like this. Sometimes you got to hurt them so that you can be able to help them. Amen. Sometimes the truth hurts. You know, there's people here you may see them saying, "Man, I wish they wouldn't go down that road." Sometimes the Lord will have you go to them. Now, listen, I ain't talking about being nitpicking. Amen. Don't go get on to them because you see them eating a Big Mac and you say that ain't help. They don't need to be doing that. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about when you see somebody start getting out of God's will, start hanging out with the wrong crowd, start getting missing church more than they're coming. You need to reach out to him. Say, look, I ain't doing this because I think I'm better than you. But you're my brother, or my sister in Christ. And this verse says right here, I need to, I need to come to you. Not I need to confront you. The Bible said this: if you got a fault with one, go to him. He says, it talks about when you restore. He said, "Ye which are spiritual." You no know reason why we ain't seeing a lot of restoration in this day because we ain't got a lot of spiritual people. Yes. Ye which are spiritual. Qualification for you to be able to restore somebody is to be spiritual. Don't go try to get this twig out of their eye when you got an beam in your eye. Nod your head like this this morning. You know what you do when you're unruly? You warn them. You confront them. How about this? He said this. He talks about those that are feeble minded You know what he says? Them. Comfort them. You know what that word comfort means? It means those who are strong-hearted Ought to encourage those that are faint hearted. You know what? Every church has got those that got the, you know, the skies are falling, the skies are falling, everything's happening bad. You know what? Those over here that might be more mature in their faith, you know what they need to do? They need to walk over here and say, no, It's going to be okay, brother. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Listen, let me tell you about what happened to me one time. And tell them about how God brought you through a valley. Tell them about how God answered your prayers. Tell them about how, that though they might have fallen, that they can get back up and God will continue using them. Tell them that their failures don't have to be final. Don't throw them to the side. Don't do away with it. But say, look, come on, brother. Come on, sister. We can make it. By God's grace, we're going to carry on. And I tell you, when you see somebody that's just, I don't know if I'm going to better make it, be an encouragement to them. So you can make it. You can make y'all sure are getting quiet this morning. Somebody help me this morning. You can make it. If you're faint hearted this morning, I got good news. We're going to make it. It ain't if we're going to make it, we're going to make it. Amen? And let me just say, maybe your faith ain't always like it should be. I know mine ain't. And I thank God there's been times in my life when my faith ain't been where it should have been. God has sent somebody by my way to remind me that God is still good and God is still faithful and God would use them to be an encouragement to me and help me to carry on for the honor and the glorifying of Christ. So he says there. How about this? He talked about support the weak. You know what that word support means? It means listen. It means to care. In other words, the weak those are about to pass out. Those that run out of energy. You know what you do? Run over there. Put your put put the arm around them. Put their arm around them. Pick them up. Come on, we're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. Come on. We're We're gonna cross this line together. Come on. We ain't time to quit. We got to keep going. Come on. Come on. Can I say every one of us has times that this we're going to get faint hearted and we're going to get weak. We don't need somebody to come kick us down, but we need to say, hey, come on, let me put my arm around you. We're going to make it. That's the reason why I like when God leads somebody to go get somebody else to go pray with them. Amen. You better believe that's God telling you to do that. Ain't the devil, Amen? When you know somebody's going through something, you know what you need to do. You need to call there and say, "Hey, God called me. I, I want to come pray with you. I want, to, I want to. I want to bear your burden with you. I want to. I want to call out your name with God together. Let them know you care for them. You know what? You know what? This Teresa needs right now. She needs. To let, she needs to know our, the church cares for her. Amen. When my mama died. You want to know what was an encouragement to me it was the text messages was letting me know there was a church to carry When that church when y'all pulled up and y'all brought that food out, one of the lowest times of my life, you know what i seen? i seen a church when my, when the preacher wasn't able to carry on. Well, I didn't feel like I could take another step. You know what I found? There was a church to come along. I said, look, we're here with you. You're not in this by yourself. And you know what it did? It encouraged me to keep going on. We need that. We need that. How about this? We're to be calm. He said, be patient to all men. Can I just tell you this morning? Be patient with new believers. Yeah. Just like somebody was patient with you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right Not everybody matures as quick as others. Uh-huh. You know what I get aggravated? One, one of my pet peeves. I don't know when, you don't know one of Pastor Paul's pet peeves? I get so mad with an older generation. Looks at the next generation. And they say, that generation ought to be ashamed of themselves. I agree. I agree. Millennials have got their problems. I agree. But you want to know something? Somebody had to raise that generation. I want to say this. My generation hadn't helped things. The generations before me dropped the ball a whole lot sooner for my generation to come along. And you know what? My kids need... Amen... You know what your kids need? Instead of somebody always pointing a finger at them. Hey, I tell you right now. My God, my. You know what you need to say? Hey, buddy. Hey, come on. We're going to make it. Be an encouragement to them. Help them. When you see a young person that's wanting to do something for God, let them know. Amen? Let them know you enjoy it. When they get up and sing a special, let them know you appreciate it. Amen? They may not hit every key right. They may not all can see like Walker does. Somebody say amen. Amen. They may all be able to do all these things. But you know what you can do? You can be an encouragement. Help them. And say, you know what? I appreciate you seeing as much. God used you to encourage me. Right. Amen. Be a blessing to them. Yeah. Be patient with them. Yeah. We all mess up. Yeah. And lastly, this, I'm done. Some of y'all finally started listening. Amen. <laughs> Last thing he says, he says, don't render evil for evil, but ever follow that which is good, but among yourselves and to all men. Know what else he says about that rendering evil for evil? He says, do good. Do good. You know what I looked at that at, as? Be Christ-like. Yeah. We all want to get even. Yeah. Right. We all want to turn the cheek. Right. It, it's all in our flesh. We're all a bunch of rednecks. We like it that way. Right. But you want to know something? The most Christ-like thing you can do is when they hurt you, do good to them. Right. Okay. That's what the Bible said: no. do good to them that despitefully use you, not. You know what you'll do? The Bible says you'll reap hot coals over your head. I'm going to give you a little pasture nugget. You ready for this? I'm going to help you with something. Be good to them. It messes them up a whole lot more than you being mean to them. You know what? When somebody lies on you, go bake them a cake. When somebody gets that job promotion, you felt like you should have got be good to them. When, when something doesn't go your way and it hurts you, be good to them. You know, the world understands you getting even. But you know what they can't understand? It's when you've been done wrong, you're still good to them. Remember what Jesus said on the cross? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You want me to tell you something? Do you realize listen to this? When he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Let me tell you what I believe happened right then in heaven. I believe God the Father, Father, looked over one of them angels and said, Mark that sin out. You realize at the judgment seat there will not be no sinner that will be judged for crucifying his son. Because Father said, Forgive him. There will not be one to be judged for crucifying his son. Because when they were reviling him, and they were spitting on him, and they were mocking him, you know what Jesus said, Father? Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Stephen over the book of Acts. They bid on him. They stoned him. And you know what he did? He prayed that same Calvary's prayer. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And you know what he did? He prayed for their forgiveness. And when people do you wrong, it's real easy to get even with them. But oh, that spiritual man says, don't get even. When they go, what's this? I'll get that later on. <laughs> but you know what the spiritual man wants to do? I'm going to pray for him. Because if I was lost, I'd probably be doing the same thing. You know what I feel now sometimes I say? I don't understand. I, if, I, if, I, if somebody had done me that way, I'd have done this. But I, I did them that way. And they responded out love. They responded with grace. They responded with Christianity. They were Christ-like. I tell you this morning, it's all in the family. There's those that honor, there's those that are hindrances, and thank God there's those that help. Which one are you this morning? I pray you're two out of the three. You're help and you're honoring. Maybe you might fall in that category of being a hindrance. I got good news. You can get right with God this morning. You can get back in line. You can get strength and you can carry on. Brother Donnie, if you could, brother, just come to the piano this morning if you don't mind.